everyone, welcome back to another episode of Sigma Podcasts. Today we have with us Adriana Minovic. Adriana, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Joe, for invitation. <laughs> we all know you as the Director of Compliance and DPO, Data Protection Officer at Betsing Group. But please tell us more about who Adriana Minovic is. Personally or professionally? <laughs> Let's start with professionally. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm currently occupying that position at the Betson Group for for last four years. Uh, I'm in the Betson Group. Yeah, I joined four years ago, practically when I moved to Malta. But um, uh, by professional orientation, I'm a lawyer from Serbia, Belgrade. Uh, yeah, born and raised there, graduated there as well. Uh, my core passion, I would say, when it comes to the, my professional orientation is definitely compliance in different areas, given that I always has been working in quite regulated industries. Um, gambling is definitely... Such as? Telecommunications, media, pharmaceutical, aviation, research and development. So, yeah, wow. and gambling <laughs> now. Yeah, so I've been exposed to quite uh, different areas of the compliance in that sense. And yeah, I also am quite engaged in this area on many other topics. Uh, I work for as well for the Euro European Commission as one of the expert evaluators on Horizon 2020, given that that gives me quite exposure to cutting edge and innovative projects to see what's happening in the market, what are the new innovations, and this is definitely something that helped me a lot to build up my knowledge in the area where I'm working as well currently. Fantastic. And what about you personally? So um, what are your, when, what do you do when you're not at work, yeah. apart from traveling? I know you like traveling, yeah. but personally, apart from traveling, what, yeah. else? what are your hobbies? Traveling is definitely one of my passions. I'm also a big uh, raccoon lover. <laughs> yes, then my is a surprise. I need to plan my trip either to Russia or to Canada because I need to get one raccoon. I don't know how, but I love them. Yes. Um, apart from that, I love Latin dances. I was dancing Latin dances for years. Okay. Yeah, I love painting as well. I was painting. Okay. I have to say that... Um, you by have being a lot of free time. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the point. That's the point. <laughs> When I started practicing law a bit more serious, unfortunately, that passion start, you know, like <laughs> fading. <laughs> yes. So now I'm more focused on visiting the exhibitions rather than painting. And yeah, more, uh, yeah, enjoying dancing and singing when I'm going out rather than having really time for that. But I try from time to time still to find the time. Good, good. Um, so you've been in Malta for four years yes. now. Um, um, as an expert working in the gambling industry in Malta, um, what are the pros and cons of moving here? Um, do you recommend to other yeah. people from Serbia or wherever to, to actually move to Malta and experience this uh, industry here? Yeah. Well, at the time when I was deciding to move here, I remember I had two options. One was Oslo, the other was Malta. I went for the interview in Oslo in January and <laughs> after that to Malta and the choice was very simple. Let's put it like that. <laughs> so yeah, 
the rest and very important uh, good side of Malta, of course, is better. We always say that, and uh, and uh, somehow the lifestyle, the export community, I find it quite easily to to integrate here in in that sense because it's very multicultural in that sense, and uh, it's very easygoing. People are quite social, so I think this is one of the very positive positive sides of Malta. Uh, the other side, of course, is the gaming industry. It's uh, it's a hub for the gaming industry, and uh, I have to say, when I was changing my from my previous job, because at that time I was in pharmaceutical, my old colleagues thought that I'm mental because <laughs> you know, telling your pharmaceutical colleagues that you're moving to gambling, they were like, first, oh, do you have ethical concerns? <laughs> kind of bit off saying when you're in pharma but anyway <laughs> <so> <laughs> and second uh, like it was not perceived as a serious industry especially comparing to pharma but I would say that it was definitely one of the best choices because in all fairness uh, comparing to all my previous work experience I think gambling industry is the industry with the most complex relationship of the compliance issues in none of other regulated industries you have so broad compliance um, in other industries compliance in many fact, i believe you can only compare it to the financial services yes. industry nowadays but even in financial services you are more focused on aml on fraud regulatory part yes but here it's it's everything practically all the compliance areas that I experienced in all other industries are here except for the antitrust and competition. That's the only thing that I would say it's not the topic in the gambling, but everything else is here from IP, from marketing restrictions, from AML, from data protection, from anti-corruption, from whistleblowing as well, from everything practically. So. Working in the compliance here really gives you the exposure that you the will rarely of. find in other industries. And mm -hmm. that's why I think dealing with the compliance in gambling is definitely a different level of the compliance. Mm -hmm. But your passion, before we go in more detail about compliance, your passion is data privacy, yes. right? Um, so let's start with something a yeah. bit uh, um, controversial. Um, I have my own views, but how effective do you see the GDPR proving five years after it has come into force? Yeah. In general, more well, than for regulated entities like you guys? Yeah. Well, in general, starting on the positive note, it was definitely the way forward and a good way forward because we see that today use of data is definitely becoming one of the key regulatory issues and key concerns. And definitely with the development of new technologies, we need to keep an eye on that. So I think GDPR was definitely necessary at that time to raise the awareness and to start dealing with uh, uh, protection of personal data and privacy in a bit different way, especially to integrate it a bit more into the business practices, because so far it was mainly human rights concern and quite theoretical and not something that was so tangible for, for every company. However, yeah, we can argue whether we are still where we want to be, and I think it's it's a long road. Uh, I mean, GDPR is only half, four or five years mm -hmm. since it started to be implemented. Uh, what I personally don't like is that I think we are moving too much in the areas of formalities and satisfying some mm. formal requirements, which doesn't then make the actual any effect. Yes. While but my concern, my biggest concern is that this is one of the few laws that we have in Europe that uh, have reached outside of the European yes. territory in the sense that 
wherever you're located, if you yep. want to offer a service to a European um, resident, you need to comply with GDPR. Yes. But are the non-EU companies complying with GDPR? Yes, that's, that's the thing of the enforcement. I think it's still quite difficult and I think still don't think we are there in that sense. So we're sense. basically putting our own operators uh, that are regulated and based uh, in Europe at a disadvantage because we're not really taking action against those that are outside. Unfortunately, uh, European operators is in much more difficult opposition because of the enforcement. But the good thing that is happening due to the GDPR is that the other countries <coughs> are replicating the same framework. I know in Africa, I believe, there are some Everywhere. countries that have replicated yeah, copy-pasting. I mean, we still see quite a big difference between the U.S. approach and European approach. Mm -hmm. And this is, I think, the, 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 the gap that Tell we need to bridge somehow. It. Well, I would say that American approach is always is a bit more pragmatic on really the, 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 the actual implications. Yeah, well, in the Europe, we are a bit more strict with the formalities. And that's why I said, I think we went into the areas where too much insisting on certain formalities without understanding the, the practical implications. And in all fairness, GDPR is, in my opinion, why I love it and why it's my passion, is one of the most complex regulatory compliance mechanisms because of two reasons. First, it doesn't tell you explicitly what to do. It's a principle-based regulation and it gives you few choices and it's very difficult to make these choices. And second, it's very factual-based. You cannot be GDPR compliant with a set of policies. It's really connected to the bottom line, to the facts, how your business operates, where it stores data, who has the access of data. And this is extremely difficult to do in a large organizations that are manipulating a large amount of data it's it's practically impossible. I, I mean, I saw, I think we saw two years ago or a year ago when was when the data leak from, from Facebook, the mm -hmm. reports, when they say that practically they don't know where are they data. And no wonder, <laughs> I mm -hmm. mean. Yeah, true. So, and with technology developing and decentralizing everything, um, this is even becoming even, even more, more difficult. Even more difficult, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, um, interesting. I, as I said, I have my own views. I believe that uh, it's good to be the leaders in regulating something, mm. but at the same time, you have to start with an approach where you can achieve having regulation that is not enforceable or that puts at a disadvantage your own yeah. um, is not very smart, in my opinion. And unfortunately, it's happening time and time again in Europe. But that's another discussion. Mm. Well. Back to compliance. Compliance is becoming one of the most important pillars of any regulated business, not just gambling. Mm -hmm. It has a big burden on businesses, um, but the repercussions of not complying uh, have become considerable and become greater, at least up for medium-sized operators. And that is, again, a bit of a disconnect. The larger, the very big uh, multinationals, mm -hmm. unfortunately, might afford to not be compliant and pay fines while the medium sized operators cannot because the fines are too big for them. So what are your thoughts in general here? Well, uh, I always find it funny how, I mean, I understand from my end how we are discussing still this. Uh, I think gambling industry is now in transitionary period. What, what I see now in gambling, I saw it many, many years ago in the other industries 
which is not surprising because online gambling it started to be regulated when 15 years ago let's say uh, 2004 was the first with malta and then the other countries started bit bit later so we see a like yeah real enforcement maybe in last four or five years Mm -hmm. and real like boom in the the regulatory frameworks so now it's definitely this transitional period and we are definitely getting into that mentality yes we are regulated industry and that is the whole point we need to live and breathe that and we need to get used to that what will happen for sure in forecoming period is like in any regulated market you will have a big few big operators who can afford as you said the costs of the compliance and the burdens of the regulations because all regulated markets are quite concentrated and smaller ones will need to be very very innovative to stay on the market and this is practically as you see in all other markets who are, which are regulated this is what what is practically happening okay very interesting and how are technologies assisting gambling companies to comply Um, and what challenges are being brought by new technologies so it's uh, technology i see it it's Mm. bringing the big advantages but also um, the technology itself is creating the challenges that are making it more difficult for uh, operators to comply yeah well as as a matter of fact as i said in my previous response i think technology is crucial in this moment this is the key competitive advantage for staying in the market because uh, as as i said at the beginning compliance in the gambling industry is super complex it includes a lot of different intersected issues and we are having like a large customer basis lot of lot of uh, individual customers on which we need to do certain checks or to fulfill certain compliance obligations and it is becoming practically like silently said that it is impossible to be compliant if you are not using the technology to implement your compliance requirements so somehow it's getting clear that manual workload will not be enough to to do this we need to rely as much as possible on the technology and not only in fulfilling our compliance obligations as well in being competitive enough in uh, segmenting our products in uh, in delivering tailor-made solutions in being the first one definitely to service our customers. So that's why technology is definitely becoming, in this moment, I think it's a crucial factor that will definitely decide who win or lose. Okay, you deal with various regulatory authorities in Malta. Mm -hmm. So you deal with the MGA, with the FIU, with the IDPC, uh, but you also deal with their counterparts in all around the world, basically, um, or in various zones around the world. Um, how do you compare the Maltese authorities um, and what are they getting right compared to foreign ones and mm-hmm. where they should improve to be better than foreign ones ideally? Yeah. Generally, I get the idea that not every jurisdiction is the same, of course, but in many jurisdictions, um, regulators are res- less approachable, for example. Um, uh, but what is your yeah. what is your thoughts since you deal with them all? No, definitely. I mean, in Malta, one of the biggest advantages is that authorities are quite open-minded in the sense they have open dialogue as well with with the operators and with the other companies. So it's very easy to approach them. It's very easy to discuss, and they 
they they seek proactively the views of the industry, especially when they are introducing new measures or changing new measures. So I think they really have that that perspective. But I think the biggest I would say like advantage here is I think this is one of the rare jurisdictions where I don't feel gambling being stigmatized. You know, it's a business like any other business. Mm-hmm. And that's how it should be. I mean, if mm-hmm. we allow gambling, if we create a regulatory framework, if we give the licenses, we then need to give the fair treatment as li- like any other sure. industries. And I believe there's also the, the fact that there's legal certainty in various aspects as well. It's, uh, it helps a lot. But um, in terms of regulators, also what I see uh, is that they are very tech savvy in yep. general. So when you're dealing with uh, with an authority in Malta, usually if you're coming up with a new product, um, they grasp it easily because they're used to seeing new technologies. When you're dealing with foreign regulators, sometimes mm. they are they immediately put a wall because they are afraid yes. of the new innovative technology you're introducing. Yes. So I see that as a very big. Uh, that's as well one of very huge benefits here because Malta is somehow trying to be at the forefront of the technology, not only in gambling, you know, but in, in blockchain, in financial sector, in crypto as well. So they're really trying to, to, to be there and practically catch up with all these innovations because I think the, the worst thing that can happen is definitely blocking the technological development because we don't know what to do in this moment. So let's sit down and think about until we see how we will, we mm-hmm. will regulate certain mm-hmm. aspects as it is happening now in the uh, other parts of the world. So I think in that sense, Malta is a bit more pragmatic and trying to, to allow technological development, but still trying to keep the legal certainty and some regulatory framework that will allow further development of the technology. Mm-hmm. So one last thing from you, Adriana. Um, uh, why should people come to Malta in November for Sigma? Yes. Well, first from my nerdy side is conference, of course. That's my favorite part. Uh, Which is obviously uh, yes. hosted by WH Park. Yes, of course. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. so definitely the conference, because I always enjoy the topics that are in the conference. I always enjoy the, the, the different type of the speakers. There is a lot of like informative and very good quality content. And of course, it's very good for us as a professionals for, for networking. But also I would say exhibition as well. Although uh, for me, sometimes it can get a bit too Overwhelming. much. <laughs> yes, with all these lights and everything, it's like, okay, I need a bit of break of this. But in the end of the day, I think it's a very good place to see exactly this latest technological developments, what is on the markets, so what solutions we can utilize. Because as I said, I think technology is definitely becoming the, the, the key issue for all of us. And we definitely need to step up in that regard and try to leverage as much as possible technology, not just uh, from gambling industry. I think one of the biggest misconceptions of the gambling mm-hmm. industry is that we are a closed system, mm-hmm. which which operates on its own. No, we need to start using the technology even from the other mm-hmm. uh, industries that we would not even maybe think about, such as I can tell you many solutions from pharma that I know that would be super useful for gambling or for telecommunications, etc. So this is what we really start need to start doing. And I see that already happening because in the last few fairs, I see 
um, quite a few companies from other industries which are trying to, to practically uh, use their mm -hmm. solutions even on this market, which I think it's quite positive move forward because that's, I think, where you're getting the the biggest exposure and where you need to step up is to try to use solutions that are already in the other industries, not just to stay in your own ecosystem, because in the end of the day, we are part of the much bigger picture. Adriana Minovic, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Joy. It was a pleasure. Mm -hmm.